Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Join Ford as they redefine what electric can do. Ford customers will have easy and simple access to charge, whether they charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford Mobile Charger or on the road at one of the 19,500 charging stations of the Blue Oval Charge Network. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy and saving you some time. That's why we give you the option to choose from thousands of cars online from wherever you are. That could be on your couch, on your break, or while your camera off during a meeting. Our 100% online car buying experience offers you as soon as next day delivery or pickup from one of our car vending machines. So visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. The Trend Reporter is a production of iHeartRadio. Trends are constantly changing. There's something new in wellness, beauty, and food every day. That can be a lot to keep up with, so let me do the work. I'm the Trend Reporter, Mara Schiavocampo, here to tell you everything you want to know about the trends you should know. Our trend this week, becoming a flexitarian. Now, we've all heard of vegetarians and pescatarians, but what is a flexitarian? So joining me now to help break this all down is Maya Feller, registered dietitian and owner of Maya Feller Nutrition. Maya, hi. Hi, Mara. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. So, okay, I'll I'll break down my exposure to becoming a flexitarian because this was not something I had ever heard of before. And my husband comes home and he says he is going to do a plant-based diet. And I do most of the cooking and food shopping in the house. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to support you, right? Yep. So he's doing this for a while. He's doing his tofu and his Brussels sprouts and whatever. <laughs> and then he comes home one day and I cook chicken for me and the kids. And he says, is there enough for me? And I'm like, sure. And then he eats the chicken. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened to your plant-based lifestyle? And he says, oh, no, I'm a flexitarian. Which to me just sounds like someone who's very inconsistent. Ah. Uh- <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Turns out it's a thing. Yes, it is. The word flexitarian is a combo of flexible and vegetarian, as in a flexible vegetarian. It's a food lifestyle that can best be described as plant-based-ish. In the wake of the coronavirus, a lot of us have started thinking a lot more of food as medicine. How can we make our immune systems and our bodies as strong as possible, while at the same time eating what we like? The flexitarian diet revolves around plant-based eating, but is a little more flexible, allowing for varying amounts of meat consumption, offering the benefits of vegetarianism without quite so much sacrifice. Why would anyone want to do that? It seems like if you're going to be a vegetarian or a vegan, you're very committed to certain ideas. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, from my perspective, I actually, I don't use the term flexitarian, but I think that I have, I'm a plant-forward eater, right? Plant-forward. Oh, yes. We have to do a whole episode on that. Absolutely. That's a a new trend. That's a thing, right? It's a real thing. (laughs) What does that mean? So it's like, you know, the majority of what I consume is plants. And that's mainly because I do live with who I refer to as the black vegan, my young son. It's like who's, a black unicorn. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> so rare. You spotted a black. No, I'm kidding. Of course, there are plenty of black yes, vegans. Yes, yes, yes. No, absolutely. And no jokes. Like, But in all seriousness, we have no allergies in my home. So I cook one meal for all of us. And it tends to be vegan or vegetarian. From time to time, I will cook animal proteins. I swing toward, you know, loving fish more than I love the other animal proteins. But most of what we consume is really based in plants. And I think that's the idea behind being a flexitarian, right? It gives you the flexibility to engage in both sides of the diet or nutrition pattern, right, without saying, I'm only eating this specific way. Okay, so then... Some guidelines, though, because yeah. if you're just I mean, I don't know, you tell me, but I would think if you're eating meat every day, but you're eating a little less, does that still make you a flexitarian or do you have to go like two, three days a week? Are there any guidelines? So here's the thing, because many people start with flexitarianism as a way to move into becoming a vegetarian or vegan. I personally, for many of my patients, I say, you know, reducing your overall intake of animal proteins is, I think, it's a fantastic idea. We know it's good for the planet. We know it's good for your body. And so by making that reduction, it's really beneficial for so many reasons. Well, let's talk about the benefits. So first, let's talk about our bodies, right? Because that's the motivation for a lot of people. They want to feel better. They want to look better. Right. So what benefits will you get from reducing your meat consumption and increasing your plant consumption. So there's plenty of compelling research looking at diets that are rich in phytonutrients, specifically the nutrients that are coming from plants, and a risk reduction in developing the diet-related chronic okay, illnesses. Okay, so say that again, because you said phytonutrients. It's a long word. My brain is still processing. So okay, <laughs> right. can you repeat that? So phytonutrients are the nutrients that come from plants. Okay. And so those are thought to be beneficial and kind of, you know, whoever's consuming them will have a boost, some kind of health-related boost because they're consuming fruits, vegetables, whole grains, well, actually really any grains. Um, Of course, we're going to prefer the whole and minimally processed grains. But really, eating plants is where you're going to get these antioxidants, lots of vitamins and minerals. You include fruit in that? Absolutely. Okay. Fruit is great. I mean, one of the challenges is that We don't really know how to interact or we haven't figured out ways to have balanced plates. And so sometimes we hear some is good and then we think more is better. And so the next thing you know, you're eating, you know, seven pounds of cherries when probably not. Right. It can be right. It can be hard to manage. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because fruit, I feel like, you know, there's people who are on low carb diets. They don't want to do too much like pineapple and banana. So fruit, I feel like can sometimes is a little gray. You know, so what I tell my patients if they're going to consume fruit or they want to have it as a part of their mainstay, look at having two to three servings per day. And you can always use your palm as an indicator, right? A palm size is a great kind of saying, oh, this is my portion of fruit for the day. So if you want to have grape or banana or even pineapple, having a palm size, well, that's sufficient. There's one serving. It's kind of, you know, using your body to say, oh, this is how much I'm having. It seems like the only thing that we can really eat, like where moderation is not a factor, where you should eat as much as possible is vegetables. 
is from a nutritionist standpoint, is that an accurate statement? That's the only thing you can't overdo. So actually, <laughs> hold the phone because <laughs> it can go. The, if I, you see, I'm looking for a way to say this nicely. No, no don't um, be nice. Yeah. Just, so I mean, you don't want diarrhea. Right. Oh, well, like, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. Right. Because the thing is that if you do, for some people who have sensitive GI, right, or a sensitive digestion, eating lots and lots and lots of vegetables can speed up the way that food moves through their body and it can result in having more bowel movements. It speed up the way food moves through their body. It's mm-hmm. very tactfully put. <laughs> you know I had to. Yes. So, okay. So back to the benefits, yes. though, of flexitarianism. So you're getting these phytonutrients yes. that are really good for you. Yes. How are they good for you? So they're good for you because there's all of this compelling research looking at people's risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And they see that when people follow these more plant-forward diets, they have less of a risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And let's say someone's already been diagnosed, it seems that also following this plant-forward way of eating helps to manage those blood sugars. Why? Because plants tend to be great source of fiber. And fiber is something that we know that, A, it's great for your gut, And the gut is the largest immune mediator in the body. So it helps to express overall better health. It's also great in terms of keeping your blood sugars level. The gut is the largest immune moderator in your body. Yes, it is. So, I mean, food really is one of the most significant things contributing to our health. 100%. So, you know, I teach this class called Life Cycle. And it's a core class for all dietitians to be. And in the class, we talk about the incubation period for diet-related chronic illnesses. And we say that it takes at least 10 years for this chronic disease to develop. That's different than acute. But if you're thinking about the fact that you eat at least three times a day, what you're putting into your mouth and is going into your system really talks to your cells. Wow. That's so powerful to think about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And then what about reducing meat consumption? How can that be good for you? So for in this country, we tend to think of meat as the main and then everything else is around it. Right. And and that's a very I mean, that's a luxury because meat is expensive. Well, here, depending on the type of meat that you get, it can be not as expensive, right? Globally, in terms of the way people, and historically, the way that people have always thought about meat is that that's that's the prize. Right. That's the luxury. Right. Because it's expensive. Yes. Typically. Right, typically. The challenge is that we have all of this kind of mass farming that's driving the prices down, right? And they're overfeeding them kind of subpar ingredients and making them get plumped up faster than we want them to. And so a lot of our animal proteins are, it's it's very different to sit down and say, I'm going to purchase a piece of grass-fed, grass-finished beef from, you know, my local farmer who's really engaged in thinking about more sustainable farming practices as opposed to saying, all right, I'm just going to go and get, you know, whatever chicken or meat is, you know, dollar or two dollars a pound. Right. Yeah. Who I mean, really, who has that? Some maybe some people in parts of the country can do what you just described. Right. But when you said the word local farmer, my eyes like glazed over. I'm I like, know. I wouldn't even where to find a farmer in Manhattan. Like, <laughs> And that's the thing, right? That's the thing is so that meat as expensive as I mean, we don't want it to be expensive, but it's a challenge to find, you know, meat that's been well sourced. And a lot of people are interested in this because they want to eat sustainably. Right. And people are starting to now have the conversation about the the footprint. Yes. That raising livestock for food has on the environment.
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn is available in 10 varieties in two strengths, 3 milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and 6 milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zinn anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zinn. Visit Zinn.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and to find Zinn nicotine pouches near you. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy and saving you some time. That's why we give you the option to choose from thousands of cars online from wherever you are. That could be on your couch, on your break, or while your camera off during a meeting. Our 100% online car buying experience offers you as soon as next day delivery or pickup from one of our car vending machines. So visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Sponsorship for this podcast is brought to you by Ford, built Ford Proud. Ford Motor Company is committed to redefining what electric can do with new all-electric vehicles like the Mustang Mach-E and the F-150 Lightning that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Ford is going above and beyond in innovation to create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology on the market. And when you drive all-electric with Ford, you get impressive torque, zero tailpipe emissions, and no more oil changes needed. Not only saving you money, but time too. Whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road, Ford customers will have simple and easy access to the Blue Oval Charge Network, the largest public charging network in North America offered by automotive manufacturers, with over 19,500 charging stations and growing. Head over to Ford.com to learn more about the electric revolution. Built Ford Proud. We eat a lot of meat in this country. A lot. According to the USDA, Americans will eat more than 225 pounds of poultry and red meat this year. That's per person, up from 167 pounds per person in 1960. You heard that right. We're eating almost 60 pounds more meat per person today than we did 60 years ago. That can come with an environmental price in the form of greenhouse gas emissions from livestock and water and land use. How can reducing your meat consumption help the planet. If we're going to feed this world, then you need to reduce your animal consumption by 50% and increase your plant consumption by another 50%. Wow. So if you're thinking about that swap, it's actually incredible, right? So as you're building that plate, that now means that the meat is really the accompaniment and not the main, right? So it's the meat the, is the side. Exactly. Okay. And when we're talking about portion size, what does that look like? So we're talking about anything from that palm size to less. I mean, it's really like 
it's almost like you're going to go way, way back in the day when the meat was like the prize and everyone was like, oh, we have a chicken and eight people are sharing it. Right. Eight people are sharing <laughs> one chicken breast. Right. As opposed to right now when, you know, folks are following these high protein diets. But that's my that's what I want to ask you about, because as someone who is like always I'm into nutrition, I'm into fitness, I'm always tracking my macros and yeah. I have this goal and this challenge and that one. I mean, protein is it's on every list, no matter what challenge you're doing, if yeah. you're doing keto, if you're doing low carb, whatever you're doing. High protein is a must. I can't even think of a diet or, or a nutrition challenge that I've tried that has not been high protein. Yeah. So we all think, for the most part, of getting our protein from animal sources. Right. So A, do we need as much protein as we are striving for? And B, can you get that from a plant-based diet? Absolutely. So here's the thing, is that when we look at the science of what it says, we need 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight, which is, I mean, of course you need protein, but it so that me means I need like 120 grams, <laughs> maybe 110. No, I'm joking. But no, no, I know <laughs> much higher than that. <laughs> but here, but here's the thing: is that we can absolutely meet our protein needs by following a plant-based diet because there is protein in everything. I mean, you know, quinoa has protein, beans have protein, nuts have protein. You know, soy has protein, and I know soy is super controversial, but if you're having organic tofu I once in a that while. I the data on soy is really not conclusive to showing that it's going to, like, give your little boy boobs. Right. I mean, it's it's really not going to kill you. No. I, I, I think a lot of things are – they're good – Headlines Exactly. But when you dig a little deeper, you're, you see there's not that much there. Right. Um, and then what about animal welfare? This is something that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, because I've always kind of felt, you know, we have this. I had an interesting conversation with the CEO of Beyond Meat. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. We, I want to hear. It was a hear. really interesting conversation. And this was we were doing an interview. And, you know, there are those moments where the crews are setting up and you just get a chance to chat. And in most cases, the interview subject, especially if it's a CEO, someone who's been there, some, someone who's um, busy and who you don't know. Yeah. They don't swoop in until the last second. Right. But this guy came and he was just hanging out. And we had a really great conversation. And w part of the, what we were discussing is the, you know, every species intrinsically values their own species life more. Right. And the question is why? Hmm. Why do we assume that our life is worth any is worth more than any other animal's life. Yeah. Because if you try to harm that animal, it will run away from you, which right. shows a will to live, right? Yeah. And you look at them and you look at the intricacy and the beauty that they possess, you have to think that a, a creator, that, that was the design of a creator in the right. same way that we are. Yeah. And so whether or not you believe that our life is equal to that of a fly or a spider, right. if you believe that animal life has value, yeah. is this something that, that can help um, in, in kind of more of like a, a spiritual, speciestic way. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's so interesting. You know, I spent a lot of time talking to these young folks, probably because I live with one, and just these listen. young folks, you know, <laughs> why are we not that old yet? <laughs> I know. Let me let me rephrase that. I spent younger, some, I know, like younger people, Thank younger you. people, right? Younger people. Um, but you know, there is this overall kind of different different way of looking or thinking about humans in relationship to animals, right? So it's not that we're powerful. And it's interesting. When I listen to them speak, they see the damage that we've done rather than power. Yeah. 
And I do think when we're thinking about animal husbandry and when we're thinking about the planet, we have done a lot of damage. Like there is no reason for like this huge kind of mass farming and huge production where you have all of these animals that are just crowded together. That That's not... It's inhumane. It's completely... Not only is it inhumane, but it doesn't make for better food. Right. right. And if we know that food waste, I think, what's the statistic? That it's like the uh, fourth largest country it in, it in the lot. world. Right. Most food goes into right. the trash. So then why, you know what I mean? So then why are we right. raising at this speed? Yeah. There's no benefit. And I think about that. Every time I throw meat yep. away, I think an animal died for yep. nothing. Yeah. I didn't even eat it. Yep. It's just it, it lived, it died, and it's going in my trash can. And right. that's that's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about let's bring it to a joyful. happy place. Yes. Can we talk about good food? <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. So if you're you're going to reduce your meat consumption, mm-hmm. but we still everybody wants to eat good food, yes. right? Um, really interesting statistic I saw: all these meatless meat products now, the Beyond yeah. Burger Impossible, they're really created for meat lovers. Yes. They're not for vegetarian. I mean, of course, they're right. for everybody, but they were created for people who love meat and don't want to sacrifice their love of meat. Yeah. Um, and so now there are a lot of options out there. So if you do want to reduce your meat intake, what are some tips for doing it in a way where you can still eat good food? Right. So it's interesting. I have gone and you know to various tastings for these new products, and they're pretty tasty. They're delicious. Um, I th- I tell people when you're interacting with those products because it's not a replacement for lentils. It is supposed to be you know one to one with meat in terms of the profile, and it should be a bit healthier, right? that you want to think about it the same way that you're thinking about meat. So when you're having that Beyond Meat burger, wrap it in lettuce, add an avocado to the top of it, right? Make it the same way that you would its animal-based counterpart. Just, you know, zhuzh it up a little bit. Zhuzh it. Zhuzh it. And what are some good, <laughs> uh, like in, uh, short of the meatless, kind of the meat imitators, Yeah. what are some good, you know, protein sources um, when you're cutting back on meat? So I love tofu and, you know, tofu will take on the flavor of whatever you put in that pot with it. I also like to play with the kind of texture of it. So going for like smoked tofu is really extra firm. I'm not a fan of the silken. I just don't like the Oh, the mushiness of not, it. It's not for I me. Can't, I love it. Do you know why I love it? Tell me. The craziest reason. Do you put it in a smoothie? No. Actually, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of flan. To- yes. And flan is one of my favorite desserts. Ah. So that texture is very comforting to me. Interesting. Even though I can see why it would turn people off. Yeah. I used to be like a massive lover of creme brulee. Mm. Mm. Creme brulee. That's my husband's favorite dessert. Yeah. That was my wedding dessert. Oh. But I digress. Right. <laughs> Okay, so tofu, you can play with the texture. Yeah, you play with the texture. Tempeh, I love tempeh out, but honestly, like I've never mastered cooking it at home. You know, I see people all over the gram like with these great recipes, and I'm like, how did you do that? Because like when I do it, it's ugh. Well, if you can't make it amazing and you're a cookbook author and nutritionist <laughs> and mom, then I'm not even going to go near it. Um, and then what about, which my husband calls Satan. I'm going to cook some Satan. Yes. And I'm like, you're cooking Satan? I have Satan <laughs> in my fridge right like now. Are we doing an exorcism? I know. How do you say that? Satan. Satan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's so it's that basically off. like wheat gluten. So it's for people who are like following a gluten-free diet, this is not for you because you will be glutenated. So this is 
just this is like the opposite of yeah. gluten free. Yeah, this is like for real, for real gluten. This is gluten full. But you know what? It makes an incredible like unchicken nugget. You can like wrap it in if you're you can do aquafaba instead of an egg wash, but that's like chickpea, you know, from chickpeas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of dust it in chickpea crumbs and season them, and then I put them in the air fryer for five minutes and it comes out really delicious. But I marinate it first so that it like soaks up the flavor. That sounds delicious. It is really good. So bottom line, if someone wants to try this, what what's a good benchmark? How many days a week should they try to be meatless or should they try to do it by meal? I'm just going to cut it out by one meal a day. What, what's the smartest strategy? So I think first is to take a look at how much meat you're consuming, where and when. Because let's say you have someone who has like a very busy job and they're consuming meat at all three meals. It's not realistic to say like take it out of lunch because lunch is usually on the go. Maybe you have more control over breakfast and you don't need to have the sausage at breakfast, then reduce it at breakfast. So think about where meat is showing up in your individual life and where it's easiest to omit it from. And then try to think about how you can do that on a regular and consistent basis. And then from there, continue with the reduction. But it takes planning, right? So you have to make sure that you have the replacement in your fridge. Let's say you are like a huge burger person. Maybe you want to try like a portobello mushroom burger. But that's going to take like a little bit of a weekend effort. Actually, Shake Shack has a portobello mushroom. They do. Yeah. It's, but it's like fried and filled with cheese. Is that That's also correct. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not really saying to go get that. But, you know, I'm just saying that they're offering. Right. It's not meat. <laughs> it's not meat. <laughs> right. Um, and there was another question that I had. Oh, the, the path to vegetarian or veganism. Yeah. So you make a good point that this can be a baby step towards that. That, if Absolutely. you're someone who aspires to be fully plant-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, it, this is this is something that a lot of people do when they cut back on plants, they fill up with carbs. So they right. replace it with like the bread, the bagel, the rice. But this is really about plant-based eating. Right. So this is what I say to the kids who come into my practice who are like, I want to be a vegetarian or a vegan because I saw X, Y, and Z A-lister engaging in the diet. So I say, vegetarian starts with vegetable. Pasta, potato, bread, and rice, although plant-based, are not part of the word vegetarian. So I need you to commit to consuming vegetables on a regular basis. They always look at me like... They're like, never mind. Right? Buzzkill. (laughs) Seriously, they're like... (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Maya, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Maya Feller, R-D, that's M-A-Y-A, F like Frank, E-L-L-E-R-R-D. And your cookbook, which is beautiful. Thank you so much. Where can people find the cookbook? So you can find my cookbook, The Southern Comfort Food Diabetes Cookbook, on Amazon. Or you can go to my website, mayafellernutrition.com, and you can order it there. Perfect. Thanks, Maya. Thank you so much for having me, Mara. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I want to know what trends you have questions about. So hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Mara S. Combo. You can also check out The Trend Reporter on YouTube, covering all of the newest trends, including tutorials on everything from food to beauty. That's youtube.com slash Mara S. Combo. The Trend Reporter is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. 
Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online. Your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful when using slow software that just hasn't kept up with the times. Everlaw transforms e-discovery so you can find what matters more quickly, more reliably, and more effectively. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and top federal and state agencies trust Everlaw. Legal professionals deserve great technology. Find it in Everlaw. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. That's everlaw.com.